0: Another World is an artistic masterpiece, but is it a good game? It's Amigos, episode
1: 321.
0: Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos, I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're gonna be talking about another world. Yeah, man. I can't believe it's taken us this long to get to this. I'm
2: I'm still baffled at that boat.
0: Aaron, what's the closest you've ever been to visiting another world? Or have you visited another world? Well, you know, I you know, I've I, I mostly probably through film. I mean, if you
2: if I'm honest. Uh uh. The you know, the funny thing about it is a game like if if you look at the uh, at the visitation of another existence as it uh is portrayed in the game today, I mean there was no space travel. This is more of one of those portal situations where you just right. walk you go in one end, you go out the other, and uh uh one would wonder if uh, that ever happened, we would. there was no way you would ever know about it because that person probably would never come back. I will say the guy in today's game, at least he went to a world that had oxygen, for example.
1: Um, <laughs>
2: if you think about it, you could pop into another world that just has methane or something. It would mode. be a pretty short
0: game if he didn't have oxygen yeah. on that world.
2: <laughs> or he could, just, he could have popped into the world and it's all water. And so mm-hmm. he just can't ever surface. He just drowns. He could do that too. But no, you know, Uh, have you ever heard of the, uh, the concept, uh, of remote viewing? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely. This is where you travel outside of your body and you're looking at things from a third person perspective, right? That's
2: right. It's sort of like a, uh, sort of like corporeal form, uh, astral projections like that. Um, I would say that that if you're, if that stuff, and, and there are various, uh, um, thoughts on the subject of whether that stuff's real or not, but if it is, now, that would be a neat way to visit worlds like this if you could actually go that far, uh, but uh, uh, no, the closest I've come to visit another world uh, were, were my trips to Arkansas uh, was <laughs> was one, and uh, my and uh, my trip to Mexico was pretty eye opening. Uh, so those are, you know, everything is sort of, I mean, I, I bet a lot of people get that funny when they come to West Virginia, now that mm-hmm. I think about it, because yeah. we're sort of like another, we're certainly another state, but we're another world in a lot of ways, the rest of the country. What about That's you? That's true. Uh,
0: it's it's funny. Um, I read this and I I, I feel like it's true. Uh, whenever I strap on the old virtual reality goggles, mm, um, you yeah. know, once every couple of years when the when the, when the fever takes me and I decide to plunk down another couple hundred bucks on a new headset, um, when I'm inside of those worlds, it's a different experience than when you're looking at something on a screen. and I really believe that your brain, uh, sort of creates memories and you have these sensations that happen while you're inside of the of, of a virtual reality experience that also they, they sort of implant themselves in the same way that real world experiences do that normal, you know, on-screen viewing experiences don't. Um, you know, I feel like whenever I think back to hanging out in a game like rec room, uh, in, you know, and I'm walking around the the area there, I really feel like that's like a real memory that I have that I was actually in that area. So I, I would say, you know, any number of virtual reality rooms or worlds, uh, that's that's probably the closest I've been to actually experiencing another world.
2: It's an excellent answer, but the virtual reality angle and there is a virtual reality connection with the game we're playing today, uh, amazingly. Uh, but I, you know, I agree, and I I, I have been a cheerleader of virtual reality. I haven't, I'm not convinced we're there yet, uh, but uh, I have enjoyed the times I've gotten to play with the uh, VR, uh, with Brant's big setup over there. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, and I can absolutely see where you could simulate uh, being on another world. And and sort of trick your own brain in a lot of ways. So that that is a that's a that's a neat idea, uh, but I just don't think. This, I mean, stuff like wreck room as much fun as that is, and I've had to go with that. I mean, it's not really like being on a. An, it, it is sort of like being on another world, but not in the most dramatic way, like today's game.
0: Sure, we've we've got a ways to go before we're fully immersed into VR. But um, yeah, I agree. You know, I think that uh, we should stop thinking about the future. And start looking back at the past and taking a look at what's new. It's what's old is new in the world of Amiga News. Aaron, nice segue, boat. Thank you. Amiga News. All right, Aaron. You know it's getting to be that time—the time of the year when Amy West rolls around on the calendar. The big and, time. Uh, it is coming up. This weekend, Aaron, this weekend, it's finally arrived. Sacktown's finest gather in uh, Ashburn Boulevard, the Holiday Inn. That's where it's all going down, Aaron. It's all going down at the Holiday Inn in Sacramento. Yeah, man. Um, now, Aaron, of all of the events going on at Amy West this year, what are you most excited about to hear about?
2: Well, I, I will say, the I think the raffle is going to be a lot of fun because uh, we could participate in that. You know, mm-hmm. I was just thinking that someone could be sitting at Amy West right now watching this very show. They could yeah. be watching it right now. So hello if you're there. I know it doesn't start till tomorrow, but I'm sure the I know some of the more some of the luminaries have begun to gather. It's like the quickening. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. know where to go for the time draws near. Uh I know our good buddy the Dougster will be uh, you know, aka 10 mark will be giving a little gimmick up there. So he and you know Doug. He's not long winded or anything, but he's a speech given son of a gun. So he'll be up there. I'm looking at what they've got come, some of the exhibitors they've got here, the Brewing Academy, who they're I based love in those California. Guys. Yeah. Those guys are g- genius types. Yeah. Uh, you hear about them all the time on the Pixel Gain show. In fact, I think mm-hmm. they've even visited down there. Uh, so that'll, that'll be kind of fun. So there's always good stuff going on. Hey, there's a guy here called the Sack Guy. <laughs> so I'd like to see him. What's that all about? That might That's what his name is. Uh, but they're going to have game competitions. I think they're going to have some more games. They're going to have a, it's going to be big, fun boat. They're mm-hmm. going to have the Amigas stretching from hither and yarn. That Holiday Inn's never been so classically computed up as it will be for the next several days, boat. Uh, and I will say, for those of you that are interested, if you go over to the Amy West webpage, which is amywest.net, uh, you can get in on all the goings on. Uh, it's got everything here to let you know what's happening. For example, reception and setup is happening as we speak, boat. Yeah. Uh, it's going on. The show opens tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. That's Saturday, October 16th. And they will run this sucker into the dirt October 17th, 2021. <laughs> They'll start at 10 a.m. And it, it, they close when they pry the Amiga out of their cold, dead hands Sunday evening. And then, of course, the big banquet tomorrow night. I wouldn't mind being sitting at the table for that bad boy because, you know, some stories are going to be exchanged. Mm -hmm. The wine will be there. It'll be a good time. So check them out. They've got a full slate of uh, online events as well, Boat, and uh, we're real happy to uh, to be putting them over.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll tell you who else is cheerleading hardcore for old Amy West is the one and only 10-minute Amiga Retrocast. Doug is getting ready. He's getting ready to go.
2: Doug will be there. In fact, Doug is there because I've I've been following his Twitter. He's been uh, making the rounds, the California rounds. He shot a nice picture today from the Golden Gate Park there, Bo. You ever been over to the Golden Gate Park? I was there this summer. I can tell you this
0: about the Golden Gate Park, Aaron. We left... Uh, San Jose, our our yeah. Airbnb. It was about 85 degrees. We arrived at the Golden Gate Park. We arrived at the Golden Gate Bridge. It was 45 degrees, Aaron. What happened? The wind
2: off. comes blowing off the uh, gimmick yeah. there. Yeah, It was so that. cold.
0: It was unbelievable. So do you think uh,
2: this dude's going to swam from Alcatraz? What do you think? Did they make or did they drown, Boat?
0: No chance. They went no. down like a sack of potatoes. Uh, well, that's, yeah.
2: You ever, you, you ever swam in real cold water before?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Boy Scouts, I used to do that all the time. Yeah, so You ever do a that on Mile Swim up at Scout Camp? I, I, yeah. I, I, I've I been in that lake, never for the Mile Swim. I would have died, 100% chance. I did it, I did, it. I did it,
2: buddy. And I'll tell you something, that's where the old blubber paid off. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the Dugster is in town. Uh, he's getting, This is a video where he's talking about what computers he's uh, getting ready to go uh, for this thing. And, of course, he's bringing all of his wacky uh, stuff up there. Uh, It should be a good time. And, you know, Doug will be ready to go uh, for this bad boy. So, yeah. Get you get a chance to uh, check out his video. You'll know what he's bringing out. I believe tomorrow. that Doug
0: traverses something like seventeen hours. It's a very very long drive for him to get up from you know from Arizona up to Northern California. So yeah. if you see Doug, make sure you you say hi to him and you thank him for making the journey because that's a long trek to go for his love if, of Mika.
2: If anyone is out there at Amy West right now, I will give you a shiny quarter to go up to tell Doug. That you're not down with AGA, just see what he says. (laughs) And also, if you want to, if you want to hurt yourself, get on Doug's Twitter and listen to him sing. Which (laughs) he performed, he performed this one of he tried to outboat the boat, uh, just just today. So not good. But yeah, he's going to be there. Boat. It should be happening.
0: All right, Aaron. We move on to some pretty exciting news for all those fans out there of the CDTV. You know, it seems like the CDTV doesn't get as much love. As uh, the A twelve hundred or the A one thousand, and it's yeah, time. Yeah, good. <laughs> what's well, it's time to make it better? Okay. Yes, it is. And I it, agree. <laughs> and what's happened is they've actually released a new OS, Aaron, for the CDTV. This is OS two point three five, and this thing introduces a whole bunch of improvements. But probably the biggest improvement is that you can actually use it to read CD-ROMs that were previously unreadable. For example, if you had an Amiga Magazine CD cover disc, up until now, you were not able to stick that into the CDTV and have it run. But guess what? Now you can. Uh, thanks to the fine folks over at, I, I believe it's called CDTV World, something like that. That's um,
2: outstanding. In this video, uh, you, can, uh, you,
0: can, you can burn yourself... A fresh eprom, stick it in your CDTV and bam, away you go, tons and tons of new functionality for your CDTV area now did you ever were you ever tempted at all by the CDTV? Listen,
2: I would buy one right this second if I was one sitting here now I ba- I ragged on it just now for saying it was no good and it, and it was not. It was a travesty, however, you could see what they were going for. And for once, I will say, Commodore was ahead of the game. Like, yeah. way ahead. Like, this right here could have been a contender. But mm-hmm. much like the CDI, like, the, America wasn't ready for one of these deals. They It we, it wasn't time. And Microsoft had Misfires, too. You know, Web TV. And they tried to get all this crap console on your on your, uh, TV sets. It wasn't time. And this thing was, unfortunately, just... I think it was a little underpowered for the job, but I don't think that's even what it was. The price was to the moon, so there's that, you know. But nowadays, boy, it'd be a lot of fun to have one to a her with.
0: And I tell you what, the CDTV is a darn sexy looking machine too. That's it. I love the, the 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 black the black yeah. exterior and the LED panel on the front of it. Uh, I I love the way that it looks. Uh, and uh, yes. maybe one day, Aaron, maybe one day you'll come over and I'll be like, hey, check this thing out, and there'll be a CDTV there
2: and then I'll knock you
0: over the head with a candlestick and take that sucker back to the pan. That's what
2: I want to do. I hope you get one, Boat.
0: All right, Aaron, we move on to some gaming news. That's right, Aaron. Turbo Tomato is a game that we covered a while back uh, this is a game. This is one of these battle arena games. If you picture like a top down uh, game where you are just inducing all sorts of mayhem on your friends. Uh, this is a, uh, a it, it's 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 been out for a while. It's got a major update. They fixed a lot of bugs in it. This is a game, of course, published by Bitmap Soft, who uh, put out all kinds of awesome games for a, a bunch of the systems that, that we cover. Um and uh, so if you have bought this game and you want to update it, that's the great thing about living in 2021. You can head on over to their site and you can uh, download the newest edition uh, and uh, and plug that into your computer and go. Uh, I guess if you have the disc version, you just rewrite over the disc with it with the newest version in <laughs> and, and, and your set. So I do I'm um, looking at
2: the box version. Look at that. They've got a, a, a tomato red disc to go along with the boat. Yeah.
0: That's a I, good love angle. I, I love it. I love the packaging on this good. thing. Good, so good uh, if you bought now. Turbo Tomato and you want to make sure you're using the uh, the most up-to-date version, head on over uh, to uh, their site. Of course, uh, you can Click the link up in the upper right corner that's slightly obscured by the rotating Amiga News logo, but uh, you can check out that link. That's got all the news uh, links on it, gather.com slash Amigos podcast. And you can uh, click on the Indie Retro News link, which will take you over to Bitmap Softs or the itch.io page where you can download this update.
2: What do you think about the price on this, boat? We usually discuss these 25 pounds for the big dog. You get the whole Yeah, 25 water. pounds
0: for the big dog is not bad. Uh, not 25 pounds seen, for a digital only edition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, digital only. That. This is 10 pounds for the digital. That's right on the money as far as yeah. I'm concerned. 10 oh, bucks yeah, yeah. For, for a digital download, 25 for a box edition. I buy games all day long if they're priced like that.
2: You know, I paid 20 bucks this week for a digital download. It's probably the most I've ever paid. You know, so, I mean, yeah, it, this is a, a good deal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, More gaming news, Aaron. RoboCop, Uh, the, the arcade hits just keep right on coming. This, I believe, is part of the, the game jam that is going on that I think Amiga Kami is in charge of. Yet another arcade conversion heading our way. This is an AGA version of RoboCop, Aaron. Now, oh, were you a man. big fan of this game in the arcade? Well, you know, I did. Uh, no. I mean, I didn't hate
2: it. I liked mm-hmm. it. You know, it's on this. It's got that kind of bad dudes feel to it. You know, that's mm-hmm. it's got that kind of graphical setup. I like the look of it. I wanted to be good at it, but as we've discussed, I know we've covered this a little bit, the bare minimum on the spectrum, uh, and uh, I, it, I didn't do too good. It's just it's a hard game. Yeah. But I will say this looks real nice, doesn't it? I mean, look at the yeah. graphics on that. Those are beautiful. Yeah. And eh? of course,
0: this comes to us from Indie Retro News as well. And oh, Neil writes that, that. Uh, the coder uh, has posted some updates. He says that, uh, that he you should not expect the level of progress compared to the dev experience of McGeezer and JOTD. These are the, the sort of the shining stars in the uh, Amiga uh, port multiverse. But uh, this guy is doing pretty well. He says uh, that the current engine is running in 64 colors uh it's got a parallax it's got 4x fetch mode aaron if it's got 4x fetch mode i am in. i got that i got that (laughs) so uh if you're interested in uh checking out the development uh you can you can uh, follow it all on eab eab just look for the robocop aga thread and uh daniel alsop is in charge of this thing he's over in northumberland in the uk aaron and a shout out to daniel
2: and listen man Work at your own pace, brother. Yeah. This, ain't, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You take as long as you need, but you are off and running. I think it looks yeah. real nice. but
0: Now, Aaron, there's a new uh, YouTube documentary about the Amiga CD32 that was just launched a couple days ago. Uh, this is from a YouTuber that I had not heard of before. This is from Lady Decade, who oh, is a, yes. uh, uh, yeah, a, I a British lass. And uh, she is uh, she goes over the complete history. I watched the majority of this thing today of the CD32, talking about the environment that it was released in. Of course, it's it's troubled backstory, its troubled launch, uh, and its troubled demise. Uh, and uh, you know there, she doesn't go over a whole lot of new stuff, but the she does a great job with the audio visual work. I mean, there is stuff going on all the time on the screen. There's got to be ten thousand video clips in this thing, interspersed with her commentary. Some great. Sound effects and, and music from the CD32. It's a, a very fine effort, uh, and uh, you know if you if you're if you're new to the CD32 or new to the Amiga and you want to get a, just a, a 20 minute rundown of what the CD32 was all about, I highly suggest you give this thing a watch.
2: Yeah, uh, late decades, pretty very popular. Uh, I've seen a lot of her stuff, and uh, you know the CD th- the the CD32 uh, is the most. This is the I will say that's not true. The Amiga 600 is the comeback story of all time. All right, but the CD32's got to be a close second. These were duds. I mean d- straight up duds. Don't let people I mean no one was like clamoring for them. Uh, but they have been they have been uh, augmented and enhanced in 2021 to the point where these are your top shelf. They're in demand, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we saw uh uh the nerd destroy one of these a couple uh years ago, I was appalled. Because he was being a smart ass about it. But at the end of the day, uh here, here he is playing it today, and these are far more useful than they ever were upon original release. They, so you need to step back and, and pay homage uh because the community has taken these things on their shoulders and they've lifted them up to greatness
0: mode. Yes. Absolutely. All right, Aaron, and we find we finish up our Amiga news roundup today with Chris Edwards and his new adventures with this terrible fire accelerator. Now, Aaron, you've watched this video. Tell I did us about watch it, will this you? one.
2: Well, it's the usual fare from Chris. Uh, lots of wackery. He gets in there and just and he just it's basically he buys this thing. He the it's the TF twelve thirty with a uh, it's an accelerated graphics or uh, accelerated. Uh, card for the 1200 with 64 megs of memory on it and it just him installing it hit the the trials and tribulations you know uh boat when you try to get a card into these 1200s and i gosh i've been here i mean they could not there's no spare space i mean you have to have tiny little fingers to get in there like a child and just to get these things to go into the freaking cartridge slot Mm. and then what's worse is if there's any trouble you know what that means totally disassemble this sucker Totally pull the thing back out. He did everything I always do. I always take the back off, try to put it in. Then I always give up, take the front off, take the keyboard <laughs> off, use two hands to violently smash the thing in. He goes a step further on his car. He takes a freaking uh, a nail file and just nail and just files off some of the plastic to make it easier to get in. Now I never thought of that. I'd be afraid to do that, but he did it. Uh, and then he shows uh, some stats on it. Uh, the this is a nice looking little card. I think he paid a. I think he ended up said he paid 160 bucks for it. I believe was the price, and uh, it's a great card. The memory in it, it doesn't interfere with the PCMCA slot, so you can use the PCMCA slot freely if you're one of the people that use that, and you don't, You're not. Uh, you're not in trouble with that weird eight that eight meg limit thing. Uh, the only the downside of it is it doesn't have an FPU on it. Uh, for most people. Well, I I don't know. For most people, it probably won't matter if you're just going to play games and stuff like it. But then again, again, the extra power that it gives you probably won't matter a whole lot if you're doing that. The 1200 plays most everything pretty well. But, yeah. by God, you've got a a, a big-time process and a bunch of memory. You can go do what you want as long as you're not going to do anything that, that involves math, you know, sort of like, <laughs> sort of like me. As long as I'm not doing anything involving math, well, although there's speed involved. But yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, it doesn't end. Uh, he runs into some wackery and then the video stops and there's a part two coming. So we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. I'm sure it'll be uh, amusing anyway it goes. So, yeah, check it out if you're interested in this type of card or just watching someone fumble around installing this stuff that's not you. That's the thing I like because I've done all this stuff and I'd rather watch someone else do it so I can laugh at them.
0: Yeah, I like to live vicariously through others' foibles rather than cause them myself. That's,
2: <laughs> that's why I hang out with you, ironically. <laughs> There you go. All right, man. Aaron.
0: Well, that's going to wrap up this week's uh, news update. So we should probably give a shout out to the one, the only RetroRewind.ca. Now, Damn, Aaron, you said you've been buddy. talking to Frank, and he's been yeah. cluing you in on what's been going on up there. Tell us about it.
2: Well, there's an upcoming product. It's not out yet, and it probably won't be cheap because of what it does. Uh, but he actually uh, ha- mentioned it on his Twitter a while back, and we had a brief chat about it. And it's a, it's basically a bench power supply. For uh, that you can hook up multiple computers on at once, like a Commodore mm-hmm. 64 and Amiga, and it's just it's a bench power supply. It's got all the uh, outputs on the front um, for you know that you can hook up your various you uh, machines to. It'll be a nice little addition to someone that you that does this stuff, uh, uh, that does this stuff a lot on a desk or a bench. You know, uh, I so that would be nice. And that's one thing Frank does. He's the kind of guy that goes in there. Like, no one knew that was going to come out, but he decided he needed one. And lo and behold, now it exists. You know, and that's the right. kind of stuff you're going to get. Frank will, he, if he needs it, if he sees a need for it, he'll come up with it, man. And so that should be getting released sometime in the next couple months. You got
0: any uh, guesses on what the price tag on that thing is? No, be? no guesses
2: yet. He told me it wasn't going to be cheap. And you can understand why, given the amount of, uh, the amount of hardware that's going to be involved in inside the actual box. But mm-hmm. I mean, his idea of super expensive and my idea of super expensive are pretty different. So I, when he says it's not going to be cheap, it's it still probably will be incredibly cheap as far as I'm concerned. Cause most of his prices, I think are madness. Uh, his yeah. recapping at the, at the, at the pricing he gives you uh, to do these recaps I, I, is astoundingly low. Uh, if you have a computer uh, in the Commodore range, uh, he will take care of you uh, right away. And you can send it in, and he will recap it for you. And his stuff is solid gold. He he knows all the tricks. He's got all the skills, Boat, skills to pay the bills. Frank has been uh, featured with you know alongside big time, like world renowned hardware guys over the years, as you know, boat. So it's mm-hmm. not Frank's just not some random Canadian that stumbled out of out of the wilderness. I mean, he knows his stuff, boat.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you can check out all of his fine fine products and services over it retrorewind.ca and when you're over there if you pick out one or two or five things to buy make sure you use the promo code amigos 10 when you check out and you can save 10 percent off your order we do appreciate uh, retro rewind for being an official sponsor of the amigos yes sir aaron let's talk about another world oh man i've been waiting boat so
2: it's time to get into it boat another world Uh, A game that I baffled that we, uh, you know, we've covered. I thought we'd covered every heavy hitter there was, uh, Boat. Uh, But here's one that we missed. It stunned me. When we found out that we had never covered this, I could not believe it. I I still can't believe it. I went and looked through. I looked for my old notes on it. and when i That's the only time I finally realized that we'd never done it because I didn't have any. I was like, holy Mm -hmm. smokes, Boat. It's amazing. So let's get into it, Boat. Another world now. In the States, this was called Out of This World. Uh, This was released uh, on the Amiga in 91 and and then uh, was was released on other consoles and computers on down the line, which we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Developed by Delphine, but really it was developed basically by A-Guy, which we'll get to, uh, and was published by Delphine and U.S. Gold. Most of the world got it U.S. Gold. Delphine did it out in France. Uh, One player game, uh, multiple languages. Uh, This game was the brainchild I mean, this was the one-man show with the, just a the tiny, with the music and sound effects being held by a friend. Uh, this was a fellow named Eric uh, Shosh Shoshai? Is that how you would pronounce that boat? C H A H I Shoshi. Mm. Um, Eric is sort of a wonderkind, I believe, boat because sort of a, a
0: wonderkind. Yes, he had a yes, he had a vision.
2: Of. You know. Oh, I, I, this is one of those times when we've got synergy with ARG presents boat, and I had to laugh about this. Uh, me and Brent did a show on the Oric one long ago, right? The Oric uh, is a comp- another computer from the UK, and it was big in France. And Eric here got his start on the Oric with a game we covered on that very show called Doggy. You know, and even in this game, this very simple game for the Oric, you could see. Flash is a brilliance, and certainly flashes of an artistic element, the likes of which you don't normally see in gaming. Right? I the only
0: thing I remember about that show is Brent's various pronunciations of the word "doggy."
2: Yeah, sometimes it was well, like "doggy." Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, I know. I, I was going to say, I loved it. it. Anyway, on the, you may know on the Amiga, he really only did this and Future Wars. Future Wars, of course, we covered a while back, which the uh, very interesting uh adventure like uh adventure game i want to call it point and click uh where you uh <laughs> had beautiful graphics it was mm-hmm. a pretty interesting game very w- bizarre plot so uh this game uh to to put it mildly got a few ports boat yeah uh Couple. yeah so get this boat and I'm not going to go over all these, but it got ported to all the Android OS stuff, the apples, all the handhelds, and the Macs, the whole nine yards. The Jag, the of course the STE, uh, the Xbox One. They've released anniversary versions of this. The version that came out after the Atari and Amiga versions was uh, uh, right out. It was uh, the DOS version. Then they released subsequent versions for Windows and t- even Tandy. Uh, they had a special version. Uh, they had these on the pocket palm tops and all that stuff that all the Sega consoles got including a Dreamcast version that had his blessing when it was made and he allowed them to use the files they needed for it so he's he's okay with that uh and the playstations 3, the PlayStation 4, the Vita, these all got uh ports of this even the GBA got an unofficial port which he was which he smiled down on his blessing and this even came to the Game Park 32, which wow! That's, <laughs> I was surprised that's, they got a port yeah. of that. I'd be interested to know what they ported that one from, uh, but it did get a port. Of course, you could play some emulators in it too, so you could have probably played another version. So this game, uh, like I said, he had, th- this fellow had done Future Wars, and so uh, he had some had some no noteworthy success with that game. It was a pretty popular game. And so it was time to work on this, and he decided that he was going to go down the road of developing this. The, the development of this, and since you've seen the documentary, and I'm sure some of this is old hat to you, but it was interesting listening to him talk about developing this game, because he almost sounded like that he sort of came up with a lot of it like on the fly when he got to that part of the game. Is that the way it came off from what you watched?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so... This was almost a stream of consciousness game. Uh, he had saw what previous Amiga games had done with this certain type of graphic uh, that he uses in this because it, you, it's heavily compressed, and so you can fit a lot more on a disc using these sorts of graphic tricks. And it had never been used in an action game; it had only been used in like a point click games, uh, you know. And so he decided he's going to make an action game using this sort of the, the graphics that this thing has and uh, sat down to do it. Uh, Again, like I said, he made this sort of on the... He sort of came up with stuff on the fly originally, and we'll get into the plot of this in a minute, but there were original, huge original uh, parts of this game that weren't involved in his opening thoughts. There was no friend in the game, for example. There wasn't even a gun. Uh, in in the original version of it so there a lot of stuff changed now
0: right well I, you know and again i'm going to refer several times to he gives a a, a talk that's over an hour long at the game developers conference in 2011 uh, and if you are at all interested in learning about this game uh, from from the horse's mouth as it were i highly suggest you watch this because he goes into the entire process and like you said this was an iterative thing where he started out and he's like, OK, I'm going to make a game about a guy that's going to go to another world. And I want to tell it. I want to tell a, a movie like story. Yeah. And then he just he started writing it and basically wrote the plot of the game and the mechanics of the game as he was as he was going along. Um, it's which is maybe part of the reason why this game took uh, you know two years to develop. Uh, it was an extremely long process. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's, it's, it's a, a crazy way to write
2: a game. Yeah. You know, I mean, I but I mean, I guess it worked for him. So let's get, before we get real deep into development, let's talk about the gameplay on this. So the game starts off with, and if you haven't seen this scene, you haven't been in the Amiga very long, probably, I could say without argument, the most well-known uh, and oft-played opening cutscene in the history of the, of the computer. Would you have a yeah. problem with that, Boat?
0: It is It is by far the greatest opening scene to a game I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's, uh, it's number one with a bullet for me. I don't think I've ever seen something more cinematic, more impressive, and more something that makes you excited to play the game, especially because of the fact that it uses no words. You yeah. know, it's, it's entirely sound effects and music driven.
2: So the opening of this game, uh, the, a fellow rolls up uh, in front of a building in a Ferrari 228 GTO. That's what I've, that's what I've uh, read here. It's really it's sort of undeterminable by me. I'm not a car guy. And walks into a building and goes through a, a rigmarole to go down an elevator to get in this big control room. Uh, uh, the, uh, you, uh, the guy's name, coincidentally, was Lester Knight uh, Chakin Boat. That's the official guy's name. Okay. Uh, this guy rolls in. He goes down the elevator, and he sits down at a huge console and starts typing in some stuff. And uh, you can glean this from watching what he's typing. He's he's sitting at the console for a particle accelerator, uh, and so he's preparing to do an ex- an experiment uh, in the particle accelerator. And he's doing just what you would expect a guy to do. And in the, in the meantime, the camera cuts back to the outside shot, and the wind's picking up, and a storm's blowing in. And as this guy begins his experiment, sure sure enough, a lightning bolt streaks down and strikes the building he's in. And a a spark of electricity jumps into the particle accelerator chamber and sort of chases around the particle acceleration experiment, uh, 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 you know, whatever that thing is in there. And eventually, the two meet at the console, and the console blows up, and a big chunk of it just disappears. And that is how the game begins. Uh, Boat, when you first saw this, what were you? What did you think about this? I mean, I don't know how, in, how far into the Amiga's lifespan you were before you finally saw this the first time out.
0: Well, you know, I remember seeing this game when it was released on the Super Nintendo. And I remember thinking that it just looked so different than any other game that was out at the time. I mean, this was a 2D uh, side-scrolling sort of... Uh, you know, i just looking at it in a magazine... It looked like a platformer, but again, you you saw these cutscenes and still frame, and you're like, man, this looks like a movie. This looks like something that could come out of a movie. And when I when I fired that up this week, uh, like I said, whenever you're watching that opening cutscene, you're thinking, man, I mean, this could be something right out of Hollywood. It's it's amazing, and it shows you the you know because he started out with this concept of you know this this is how I want to start the game. And the story was always first, you know, maybe not necessarily all of the details, but like this is what I'm going to create. Uh, Plus the fact that this guy is undoubtedly, you know, one of the great video game artists of all time in terms of the quality of the work. When you watch him using the pixel engine, and by the way, he sort of created the language that this game is coded in. Yeah. you know it's 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 a cross between uh you know a a, a basic like language and assembly language and basically, the way that he drew these pixels were that he could manipulate the pixels on the screen and it would change the code on the fly as he was doing it. Genius level stuff. Yeah. And when you watch him manipulate these, these like he basically he starts with a blank screen and he recreates that opening scene with the light from the car flashing on the side of the building just by manipulating pixels or I'm sorry manipulating the polygons it's amazing what you can do with flat shaded polygons I think this is pretty much like the apex of this particular drawing style
2: the the thing that gets me from this it's the most complex simple looking thing you'll ever see that's what mm-hmm. it's it's almost like a uh, uh you know, like a watercolor I mean it that kind of it's like they take they take these kind of broad strokes and they make it look awesome. It's it's hard to explain if you haven't seen it. Uh, you also should probably know that in the spirit of of a game like Prince of Persia, they used a rotoscoping technique. In fact, I read that he had his brother run around in the backyard to capture a lot of the footage, sort of like uh, Prince of Persia did. Did he mention that in the talk?
0: This It's actually him. It's him. Yeah, I read he, he had done he, some he, of himself. He, taped himself. he taped himself running around and doing all this stuff, yeah. uh, but he gave himself red hair because he didn't want it to look too much like him, because he was going to have to draw and animate eight billion different ways that he's going to die, and he didn't yeah. want it to look too much like him because <laughs> it would make him uncomfortable.
2: I could see that, uh, and I will say the the if you combine that rotoscoping technique with the with the the flat shaded polygon uh, look, uh, it is it, it's really a remarkable. It's like it's almost like yeah. you're playing, playing a painting. Now it is
0: or... it is interesting to note that you know that people automatically go right to rotoscoping when they when they look at this game just like they did Prince of Persia. But yeah, he said that he was actually disappointed with the Amiga's ability to do rotoscoped things, and he ended up only shooting about six scenes in the entire game that were rotoscoped, and everything else was just polygon animation. Uh, one, no, I mean, of the, you probably wouldn't scenes... have
2: to shoot a mu- a whole lot because right, really what I mostly just the sequences of movement I'd say would. Really yeah, well, it, like I
0: said, in the, in the talk, he talks about how he was disappointed with the way that the Amiga handled rotoscoping. He wanted to do more, but he just wasn't happy with the results. Um, and uh, I guess compared to traditional animation rotoscoping, where you'd have feature films where everything was rotoscoped, you know, yeah. like the heavy metal movie and stuff like that. So um, this is but, he, you know, he talks about the scene with the gun, you know, he reaching down and grabbing the gun that was rotoscoped and stuff like that.
2: Really, that's I wouldn't even have thought about that one being a one. To yeah, see. that was risky. There you good. go, live and learn. So once you uh, getting back to the actual game proper, once you uh, once you are just blown up, suddenly, and this is a great angle here. Suddenly, you appear, you're in, underwater, <laughs> along with the big chunk of console, and mm-hmm. then the game begins, and you've got to start moving. And it doesn't. This game is not a game that holds your hand. If yeah. you mill around too long, you instantly get killed. Uh, when you get out of the water, if you mill around in front of the pool you're near, you instantly get killed. Uh, and when you take off running, little uh, leech worms that are set, are around you, if you get too near one, you're instantly killed. You're going to hear the words instantly killed a lot uh, in this game. Because to me, it's funny, I, when I was reading him talk about this making this game, he had mentioned... The graphics and the that he was very impressed with the amount of graphics that got uh, put into the Dragon's Lair port on the Amiga. He didn't actually right. mention was anything very about inspired the gameplay, by that. but I, mm-hmm. I I have to wonder because this game it reminds me an awful lot of a game like Dragon's Lair because in a yes. lot of ways this is a game where you have to memorize the scenes to get past them
0: and this when you is, die you just is do the them next, again. This is the next logical evolution of the Dragon's Lair play mechanic. Yeah. I think you
2: nailed it. I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's not a bad thing. uh, But, uh, you know, you're going to have to be prepared. I just covered a game on ARG called Mirror's Edge. And Mm -hmm. Mirror's Edge handles death the exact same way that this game does. Uh, You die, and then you just start back at the last checkpoint. You go again. You try to get past the scene. You die. Start back to the next checkpoint. And by the time you get past that scene, you've gleaned enough knowledge to where you can probably get past it again in the future. You know, now not every scene's like that, but a lot of scenes. Uh when you uh first appear in the world and you get out of the pool and you take off and you get past the leech creatures, you're confronted with this creepy beast, it's a very scary beast. There's a cutscene where he kinda of falls in front of you and roars. Uh and uh this beast is awesome. And so the whole first part of the game is you trying to get away from the beast.
0: Well, I, I wanna I wanna say something. Yeah. This game for all of its promising start, starts in probably the worst way it could have. Um, The way that you enter the world, you you get this awesome cutscene. you go down into the pool, you swim out of the pool, you get out of the pool, you go to the first screen, and what's the first challenge you have to overcome? You have to use low kick and low leg sweep to destroy these slugs, okay? (laughs) And these slugs are freaking annoying, because guess what? The uh, the the hit detection in another world it ain't great it's not good this is not the game's strong suit. No, starting fact, I the agree. game, Those starting, starting that game enemy. with the, yeah, starting that game with this sequence was a huge huge mistake. Now in yeah. the talk, he talks about how he wanted to vary the pace of the game, so you start out with a slow quote unquote slow action sequence where you're essentially stepping on the little worm guys from Eraserhead and then you go the beast you know flings himself down into the scene and you got to run away okay that's no good what you should have had is may is is just run into the beast right away you know you you're, you walk across the screen you're checking out this other world and all of a sudden boom the beast is there and you've got to run away that's how you start the game getting your pulse pounding i wasted so much time trying to defeat those two because there's two Full screens full of those leech creatures. And they there's fall no reason. In different places. Yeah, there's no and it, reason to have that in the game. That is easily the worst part of this game for me because I got pretty far in the game after that, and I never had the amount of trouble that I had in that very first sequence. And I can only imagine all the people that bought this game that were so frustrated by that sequence because guess what when you die it's not as if you just start right there right at the beginning of the leaf sequence no you've got to crash down to the water you got to swim out of the water you got to climb out of the pool and then you got to go to the next screen that doesn't seem like a lot but when you do that 20 or 30 times you've eaten up an hour of gameplay and you've achieved nothing nothing Listen, everything you said is whatever. That's this is not the perfect game,
2: okay? And we're gonna praise this game a lot, all right? But let's call it what it is. This is one of the all time worst opens for a good game because yeah. it's it's too hard and it's monotonous and it's it's almost point it's random points. It's just stupid. And your guy looks like a geek walking mm-hmm. around kicking these little these stupid worms. You know, like, I agree. I mean, I would have had a sequence where you learn how to jump and stuff. Give you a little bit of time to get fair at what's going on. Uh, and then you could confront the big beast. The beast chase is cool. I like that. Yeah, the beast chase and, is great. And the worst part of it is, like, all this stuff happens in a, with an awesome backdrop mm-hmm. of these mountains. This The pool looks awesome. There's a sky, you know, it, that looks awesome. And even when you start the level, you can see the beast off in the distance watching you. Yeah, so you know and the that's beast one of the things around. that he talks
0: about, and that's one of the things that's the genius of this game is that setting the plane, setting the 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 action on a two D plane allows the author to show you things about the story in the foreground, in the background, in ways that you couldn't in a 3D game. And this happens throughout the entire course of the game. You're going to see action going on in front of you that you can't directly interact with, but it makes you feel like you're living in a world where stuff is going on all the time.
2: Yeah, and I I, I will say, that happens in this game time and time again, uh, where you'll be involved in a sequence, and then you can see below you or above you or around you there's a there may be a whole other chase scene going on with your buddy, you know, mm-hmm. or he may be underground, or the guards may be running from one level to come to the level where you are. It's quite brilliant, and that gives this game a lot of. It fleshes out the world a lot. I mean, it makes it look it's much it's much more visually interesting than yeah. most games. I mean, but this game really does operate on a sort of a whole different level from yeah. What well, and
0: again, games. when you when you have an artist that is a coder. It's like Sammy Davis Jr. It's like a triple threat, you know, yeah. uh, and you don't get that a lot. You know, You normally you got your coder and you've got your guy that does the art. And when you've got a one man's vision and that one man is, is pretty close to a genius, you're going to end up with something spectacular. And from a graphics standpoint and from a storytelling standpoint, this game is spectacular.
2: Now... I don't think we need to go through all the various points in this game, and I, I don't know about you, Boat, but, and you've seen me play this more than a few times. I'm not the best uh, at this game. In fact, I'm not that good. I would i would classify this game as a, uh, a, 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 a difficult game. It's funny because I kept reading that a lot of people in the Amiga complained it was too easy. I'd well, like to meet these they,
0: a lot of people on the Amiga <laughs> complain every game is too easy.
2: Well, th- this you know? one I did not think. But, of course, I, this is one of those games that if you played it enough, you could be real good at it. There's no doubt. This, here's yeah, the I thing about this game. game. This
0: game, like you said, it's Dragon's Lair. Okay? You have to memorize. There's probably, I don't know how many scenes there are, 50 or 60 scenes. Every screen is a scene, just like a scene yeah. in Dragon's Lair. And almost every screen has a trick. Every screen has something that's going to kill you, something you've got to move faster than, something you've got to avoid, or something you've got to shoot. And the trick to beating this game is memorizing every single one of those things. Is that a good play mechanic? In my mind, no. I like the idea of being able to approach problems in different ways and be able to find different solutions to problems. I don't like trial and error. Uh, To me, that's not something that I enjoy in games, especially in action games. Um, I'd rather see uh, things that don't kill you immediately because what, what happens is you become so desensitized to the game that you no longer, I don't know, I got to the point where... I was enjoying the beauty of the game, but I wasn't enjoying playing the game because I was just sitting around waiting, okay, what's the thing that's going to kill me on this screen? Go ahead and get it over with so I can see what it is. Then I can load my last checkpoint, slowly make my way back to that screen, and then try to avoid it. And you've got to do that three or four times until you figure out the exact way that you have to avoid it, and then you move on to the next scene. Rinse and repeat for however long it takes you to beat this game.
2: Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of cleverness in this game in terms of Oh, there's a tremendous they, amount of cleverness. What they yeah, set absolutely. up that happens that you participate in and the fact that you team up with a one of the, uh, an alien from the home world there and, and go through it. It's a lot I like the uh, the aspect of having a buddy the whole 9 yards. There's a lot of things I like about it. But uh you're not wrong. Uh, and I, I can't bury you from what you're saying because it's difficult, and and it's it requires you to just know what's going on. I mean, y- there are certain areas where you just have to instantly start making a shield with your gun, or you're going to die. Now, let's talk about the gun real quick. Uh, right out of the gate, you're uh, once you're captured and uh, put in this cage, you escape with a buddy. Now, this buddy mm-hmm. will be with you on and off to the rest of the game, and he introduces you right. to a, a, a pistol. The pistols in this are pretty neat. They've got three modes of firing, basically. You can just shoot them. You could do a, you can hold the button down and create like a a laser wall in front of you, and then you can hold the button down for a long time and create like a mega shot that'll go through a wall, yeah. and blow a wall up, and so yeah. this is what you go to the game with. And there, it's very strategic, Bo, because you have to occasionally you have to make a wall up and then and then try to uh, try to take out the uh, the uh, your opponents. Uh, walls I or, love, or gunners.
0: I love the gun in this game. I yeah. think the gun awesome. feels great to shoot. It looks nice, too. Yeah, it looks operate. nice. I love the three modes of firing. Yeah. I think the whole, like, wall uh, ideal concept is great. Um, I You know, again, I understand, like, it's sort of like Prince of Persia. You don't start Prince of Persia with the sword, and when you get the sword, it's a big deal. So yeah. I understand why you don't start the game with the gun. But when I got the gun, the game became a lot more fun.
2: Yeah, well, you get it, and you get it pretty early. You get it pretty uh, early on. You do. Uh, now, uh, the whole premise of this game is you're basically continuously running. Uh, you know, you're almost mm-hmm. always uh, being chased, uh, or at least trying to es- escape. Uh, and it, it takes you underground. It takes you up into like the, the the up in the citadel. There's even a point where you're in like a bathhouse with a bunch mm-hmm. of the uh, female aliens from the world in there and various stages of undress, presumably you don't know what they look like. So who knows? Uh, well, the, I mean, you
0: know, he actually, here's, here's a funny story about that. So one of the few instances of censorship in that game was that when you, when uh, this scene occurs, you are in a tank, this game takes you. I mean, this game is it's, I know I've said it a million times. This game is so cinematic. There are set pieces yeah. in this game. And one of the set pieces is that you and your buddy get in this tank and you roll into a gladiatorial arena and you're shooting and there's stuff going on. And then you get ejected from this tank and escape pods. The escape pods land in this in this area where the female uh, aliens are bathing, okay? And they're naked. You can see some butt crack going on. And guess what? The old Super Nintendo and Genesis sensors didn't like butt crack. So what he had to do was one of the few times he had to censor the game, he had to go into his image editor and remove three pixels from the backside of every female alien to make it look <laughs> like they were wearing a bathing suit. <laughs>
2: I love it. I love that. That's great. Um, so with all that said, clearly there's it's a, it, there's a lot of diverse gameplay elements in this that are a lot of fun. There's some light puzzle elements you use with the pistol. The pistol can be used not to shoot through doors and also just dig big chunks of, of cave walls, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's it, you can do a lot with it. I will say the enemies are very well versed in the use of these guns. And they will they will clip you at a heartbeat, brother, if you're not ready to go. Uh, because the enemies in this are not idiots. They're some of your smarter enemies, I think. Uh, that 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 are around, so the game eventually gets released, and I should mention you mentioned it took him two years. I read a little clip on from a magazine that said uh, and he may have covered this boat. he said after seventeen months of development, he was only finished with a third of the game, yeah and so yeah. And so they were like, listen you need to you need to go faster and so he he changed up some stuff, and eventually, when he was trying to get this published, some people wanted him to turn this into a A point-and-click game, if you could believe that.
0: Yeah, that's Uh, exactly
2: right. Yeah, and and of course he was like that would be really tough. So that that ended up not happening. So anyway, uh, the game got released on the Amiga and the Atari ST first, and it got it got over like Rover. It was like it was basically the game of that year. Uh, It sold, it sold, it's allegedly it sold over a million copies in the nineties, and this was before all the various mobile versions and anniversary versions. I mean, this game has been released to the nines, mm-hmm. you know, and there's been packs where they, they packed it with a uh, heart of the artists. I mean, they've done a uh, heart of the alien. There's been a lot of various releases on this thing. So we can all, we can assume that it sold in excess of a million copies. And after that, you don't really know uh, how, how many it sold. It sold a ton. No, uh, it was very, very popular uh, in the magazines on uh, with critics. Uh, it was named the, uh, number one, the top new Amiga game of 1992 by Amiga World. It won the award for most innovative new game of the year from EGM. Uh, it was, it, get this boat. In 2012, it was one of the first 14 titles added to, uh, uh added to the video game art exposition at the Museum of Modern Art.
0: That's well-deserved. I'll tell you that.
2: Uh, it got a nomination for, uh, uh, Let's see here. Got an audition for Classic Game of the Year at at the the 2014 National Academy of Video Game Trade Reviewers. Long story short, it was over. Okay, it did great. It makes a lot of lists. Uh, A couple people have named this the best video game of all time. A lot of times when you hear something like that, you're like, yeah, right. But this is one of those games where you kind of stand back and you can say, well, I can see at least where they're coming from. Sure. If for anything. And so you knew when it got over that well uh, uh, initially that there would be, it would get ported. That's what, and that's how all these ports happen. Now the ports happened, the ports didn't all just come out at the same time. They sort of leaked out over the years. And I was telling about before we went on the air. One of the things that had been mentioned was that uh, this game was too short. A lot of the publisher, a lot of the people said, listen, this game is too short. And also something that was too easy. So starting with the DOS release of this, which I believe happened in 92, they started adding some scenes to make it a little bit longer. They, uh, they made it a little more difficult if you can believe it. And so, uh, the Amiga version of this game ends up, it, it also, they fixed a lot of bugs. So the Amiga and the Atari ST versions. Of this are actually probably the shortest of the bunch and probably the, the most bug laden of the bunch. because All yeah. that stuff got, yeah, they, they
0: had the misfortune of being released first.
2: Yeah. Now that's, that's not too bad because we were boat where we me and boat were talking earlier and I said listen this the Amiga version ended up getting the worst one. Boba killed me because he's like wait a minute this thing looks awesome and he's right it's certainly not the worst looking of the bunch or the worst playing. No. Boat you've played this on, on a few different consoles. What were your thoughts on? Yeah, this so I tried overall. both
0: the I tried the Super Nintendo version first. And the Super Nintendo version does control better. The three buttons uh, help out a lot, especially the jump button. Uh, that makes the initial sequence where you're trying to escape from the, the, the running beast a lot easier. Um, however, it looks atrocious. Your hero is squashed down. He's pixely. I mean, he looks like garbage. He looks like garbage. And I don't know why that is. I know that the Super Nintendo was running at a different resolution. Uh, than the Amiga. But I I mean, I just don't understand why he had to be represented in that way. Uh, And and everything in the game just looks, it looks worse. It looks more pixely. Uh, And then I was like, well, maybe the Mega Drive version is going to be, you know, a pretty, pretty uh, identical port to the Amiga version because, you know, it shares the 68,000 and all that stuff. No, it looked just as bad and the music was even worse. Of course, the Genesis not known for its great, you know, music and sound effects, but the sound effects in the Genesis version sounded like something out of the Atari 2600. I mean, it was it was horrible. So, in conclusion, this is one you want to stay far, far away from on the consoles and uh and, and cozy up to your favorite micro to play this one. Here's something I
2: read that I thought you might get a kick out of. Both. So, Another World is the only game directly ported from the Super Nintendo to the Apple 2 G- GS, which has hmm. the same 65C816 uh, microprocessor, Very I saw that on Wiki and I thought that's odd. So you could yeah. say that this this had a direct port. <laughs> what an odd combo! But the Super Nintendo and the Apple 2 GS. Uh, Bo, you know, a couple years ago we got this crazy we got into this crazy habit of get together on Sunday mornings. And playing 3DO games, I'll for, and we taped some of and In fact, I'm mm-hmm. sure this exists. Uh, so just for fun, I thought I would have a look at the uh, the uh, the 3DO verse. This is out of this world. You can see a marked improvement in yeah. the in the graphic uh, fidelity of this. Now, the funny thing is, I read an interview with the creator who was down on this. He didn't like this improvement at all. Uh, he said uh, the way that they did this, it took away from the artistic feeling that he was going for, mm-hmm. uh, with the with the way it was before. So he wasn't cool. He was not cool yeah. with the way. Well, that I looked. can see
0: that. You know, anytime that you're changing, because obviously this is this is the vision of one man, and yeah. anytime you do anything to change that, um, you know, you run into problems. And you know, speaking of the sequel um, uh, for for Heart of Darkness, uh, you know, they essentially. Um, the uh, you know he he designed a whole bunch of stuff, um, and uh, and then um, what happened was uh, the animations or the game, the animations nor the game, which were developed entirely by Interplay. He had nothing to do with anything other than the initial concept. The animations and uh, all of the code were developed by Interplay. Yeah. Uh, he 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 hated it. He made a public statement that the title did not represent his vision of the world he crafted, and disowned it altogether from being treated as an official sequel. So I will again, say, you might a have heard that this thing was was it was a, an Eric joint, but it was not.
2: So, but he wasn't. He was involved at least at some. At, at he the was involved process. in the very
0: very beginning stages of sketching out what he thought the game should be, but he didn't code it. He didn't do any of the animations. He was not involved.
2: You know, I was wondering what he had been doing uh, since, and he may have touched on this uh, when he when you saw him in his thing, uh, but he actually, this is, I find this interesting, he actually uh, has not done a ton since he did uh, these games, but one thing he has done is he's, in, two, in 2020, he had a VR title, Boat. Really? Uh, yeah, he had a VR title. Uh, come out. I'm trying to find what the name of it is, uh, but uh, uh, and it got pretty good reviews. So, but he and you could see where a guy like this would want to do a VR title, you know, uh, uh, because it's it's I can see that. Uh, and uh, it, it came with moderate success. But it's funny that a guy that came out with a game like this did not really do much more. There were just a few games he did uh, after this. He did a game called From Dust. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, here we go. Paper You're ready. There's beast.
0: the, there's the, sorry yeah. to interrupt. There's the three pixels.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The game was the, the VR game was called paper beast. All right. Okay. Paper it came beast. out for on windows and the PS4. So if that, that might be one you want to check into. Okay. But he's only credited with like a handful of games. It's quite odd to me that uh, a guy of this caliber didn't do more, but I don't know if the industry passed him by or maybe he, I know well, it, it almost killed him to make this. I was going to so say when you when up. you
0: embark on a journey like this, a two year journey where you are the one man show, th- things like that can affect the rest of your life. <laughs> and I can yeah. see why. You know, and this game was successful. There's nothing wrong with wanting to sort of exit at the top. Um, yeah. And uh, and sometimes you know if you've got one good game in you, that's one more good game than 99 percent of the population have. So
2: yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, we mentioned it earlier. I looked up some reviews for this to see how it fared. Uh the on Lemon, they give this an 8.7. I looked up Out of This World, Another World, and they're actually, I mean, they're eerily similar. They would be the exact same game. Mm-hmm. Um, Amiga Action gave it an 89, Amiga Computing a 90, Amiga Force gave it a 90, Amiga Format an 82, Amiga Joker an 81. Again, we've mentioned that that means you're gold. Amiga Mania Brother gave it an eighty-three. Uh, and Amiga Power gave it an 89, and the one gave that to you, The total scores combined, the old uh, cumulative magazine average, 87%, which I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you might think to yourself, that's real low, but if you consider the the faults, there are people that aren't going to want to play this game, all right? Yeah. and, and are, Or won't consider, it is, I think it's a masterpiece. It's great to watch, It's one of those games that's a lot of fun. This game, having just covered Mirror's Edge, this game reminds me an awful lot of Mirror's Edge. Not in the gameplay, but in, in, in the fact that the difficulty, the way that they make you have you play the game and the fact that it's so cinematic and fun to watch, that it's almost as fun to watch as it is to play it. So I, I, they, I
0: think it's more fun to watch than it is to play it. Just yeah, like I, Dragon's you, Lair, you want to watch this twice. You want to watch the story all the way through, and then you want to watch all of the fun and interesting ways you can meet your demise.
2: Yeah, um, this this did win some awards, as you can imagine. Uh, it was it was the uh, uh, it won the Amiga Joker. It was number two, best genre mix of 92. Uh, It was on the, it made the 100 games of all time list in EGM. It made the 1001 games before you must play before you die. You know, the stuff you would expect it to be on. Much heralded, much heralded game. By the way, I looked this up on the eBay boat. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect. I'll be honest with you. I just looked up, I will say I only looked up out of this, or another world. I did not look up out of this world, the English version. So get this. Because I couldn't tell what this thing was going for, because the prices no one really bid on them. This sold complete in box in Australia for 118 bucks.
0: I uh, can believe it. They sold. I mean, one that's in 118 Australian, so that's probably no, like no, no, that's, that's US dollars. That's US dollars. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
2: in the UK, 218 US dollars. Okay. And there's a some guy. Now get this. This is this. I looked it up. They sold a sealed DOS copy of this thing for uh, 40. 999 that's almost five grand five thousand wow. US dollars wow. man and the, and the 3d overs I looked up just for fun the long box for that's going for 110 us so these are these are sold someone bought paid these prices so these things ain't cheap uh, if you've got to copy this back to the pad uh you know hold on to it or make yourself some cash uh, you should be good to go but this is one of those games man uh, that we cover occasionally and it's it's a it is a mixed bag in a lot of ways, uh, but I'm going to put it over. I think it's a lot of fun, and I do play it from time to time just to see if I can get better. They do have save codes in here, which are great. Mm-hmm. You could go through the whole game with them. Yeah. So I yep. think they they understood that. Hey, you know, these are no one wants to play this stuff over and over. You don't want to watch that opening three times in a row. Let's put it well. That way.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the, what they what they should have done. They were they were eighty percent of the way there. Uh, yeah. What they should have done was say every every screen should have been a, an opportunity for you to pick up where you left off, Whoa, and, was, um, yeah. and they shouldn't have forced you to watch the cut scene. I guess the, the beginning, there's no way around it. They should have just started you out. Uh, after you go through that first puzzle where you just have to swim up, starting you out, that that just rankled me so much, having to swim up eight billion times and climb yeah. out of that stupid
2: pool. I had the code standing by. I was ready for that. I did that yeah. once, and I was like, okay, yeah. move on. By the way, one quick note, I always think it's funny. Uh, there's a lot of parts of this game where you teleport, even up mm-hmm. little ledges and stuff, and I read the, the guy, the developer said... It was too hard and time-consuming to animate the guy going up stairs. So he just well, well actually, yeah,
0: that, that's true. And he actually took inspiration from Japanese <laughs> animation, who they show movement in the same way. It's also the old uh, who was that uh, old uh, Looney Tunes animator uh, Chuck Jones, I think. I uh, did that did that kind of spiel a lot, where you just show the the five or six lines of the colors of the character moving around. So it's kind of a neat, uh, you know. Like I said, I highly, highly recommend if you were at all interested in another world watching this GDC postmortem on another world. Uh, yeah. I found it extremely. I'm limited. glad
2: you watched it because there, there was some stuff I read that definitely contradicts it. Outstanding mm. work, Boat. You've done it
0: again. The one and only Rob Flacco here has pointed out that we forgot about our Discord reviews this week, Aaron. Oh, how we did we smoke. do it? I don't know. We moved right through them.
2: Well, Boat, let's, let's get on them then. You got those things handy?
0: I do. I've got it up and ready to go. Go so, for it, man. We're going to start with Lord Soup. Lord Soup says, I'm going to have to give this two scores. At the time, the graphics were spectacular and the adventure evocative. But on replay years later, it feels kind of empty. Let me elucidate. Not that there's nothing to do or the world feels flat and flavorless. It's like the sense of otherworldliness doesn't convey itself well. It plays well. The rotoscopic animation is great. The coders have really squeezed the 68,000 for detail and smoothness in its world and characters. There's just something missing. 8 out of 10 if you get the vibe, 7 out of 10 if the vibe doesn't gel. Either way, a good game, just shy of greatness. Alien Breeder writes, While I'm not sure I can call this a great game, I can call it an evolutionary one. In the same way that Shadow of the Beast was a technical marvel but not a great game, I think Another World falls somewhere into that same space. It blew people away with the intro, the smooth animation, and the full graphical presentation. But the actual game was good, but not great. It was great for showing off to the NES crowd, though, and more playable than Shadow of the Beast. Overall, 8 out of 10. He's got that right. Yeah. (laughs) Laurent Giroux says, another review straight from Memory Lane. He says, my experience with Another World limits itself to maximum one hour session during which I desperately tried to get past the first three screens. No, seriously. I believe you, Laurent. I believe you. <laughs> Back then, I could not muster the courage and energy to persist long enough to go any further. Now let's pause for a bit. Of course, I'd not bought the game. If I, ob- if I had, obviously I would have felt compelled to invest more effort into mastering the timing necessary to pass those damn poisonous snail slug things, but it kind of says something about games of the era that the very beginning of the game would be one of the hardest parts of the game. I recently bought a digital version of it for my Mac and managed to get through this time and found out that, indeed, the later parts were actually much simpler than this initial one. So, conclusion? Well, the game has many qualities, no doubt. Great atmosphere, fantastic animation, and even a relatively interesting story of silent friendship. But it, alas, was a product of its time. No infinite lives, punishing difficulty at the wrong moment. It's a great game for its era, no doubt. Just too hard for this kitten. 7 out of 10. Play the digital version it has saves and thus effectively infinite lives. Very good. Next up is Anthony Jarvis, creator of the Amiga show. Bring it back, Anthony. We need it it in our lives. Another world brought the cinematic platformer into existence, Prince of Persia notwithstanding. This much-loved game is hard to review without rose-tinted specs, so I won't. I love it. It's entwined with my friendships, growing up, and shared memory. The story and action set pieces raised the bar as did the graphics. The ability to switch mid-game to high-res mode was a revelation. The characters and setting drew me in, convincing me to complete it a number of times. It still sits as one of my favorite games on any system. Pajako6502. We got a lot of reviews this week, Aaron. Yeah. Turns out lots of people have a lot to say about another world. (laughs) He says, the first time I saw this game was a moment in gaming history for me. The intro scene alone was unlike anything I'd seen before. The whole story and atmosphere is done brilliantly. But sadly, Another World has a dark secret. It's not a very good game. It's brutally unfair with lethargic controls that will lead you to die over and over. Having to repeat sections of the game you've already done, including unskippable cut sequences, is just bad game design. Another World deserves its place in history, but it isn't as good as we remember. 6 out of 10. Flack writes, I I remember exactly where I was the first time I saw another world. The biggest shock for me was the seamless transition between the introduction and actual gameplay. Like, I'm controlling this cartoon? Absolutely mind-blowing. There's a lot of trial by death, and I remember feeling lost a lot of the time. But it was amazing regardless. I remember thinking this is the closest I will ever feel to actually playing a movie. (laughs) The gameplay is not as great as my memories of the game, but it's still fun. I should revisit this game with a walkthrough in hand someday. Pixels of Dawn writes, Another World is hands down one of the most beautiful games on the platform. The cinematic art style works so well and creates a unique atmosphere all its own. Is it hard? Yes, siree. But then I think people misinterpret how long the game actually is. It's really quite short, just a couple of tricky sections that make it seem long. With a decent amount of skill, a careful approach, and a little luck, Anyone should be able to get two-thirds of the way through without much trouble, although the cave section is pretty brutal, and I can see why people may need to skip that. And really, if you're struggling, the game has you covered with passworded checkpoints, although the position of some could use a little work and no problematic live system. It's a great game to play, although I think this would benefit from a bit of atmospheric background sound and just more game. But it can't be be denied that this is one of the best games in the Amiga portfolio. 8.5 out of 10. And finally, Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, writes, A Herm Firm, 9 out of 10. This was the game that sprang me straight into the future, moving from the 8-bit era to the 16-bit world. This was the real another world to me. I first spotted this game at a friend's house where I was wowed with that famous intro scene. I was hooked and was the motivation I needed to buy an Amiga. Lots of great reviews. And, hey, this is the game that got Paul on board the Amiga train. So that's that's worth something right there, man.
2: It is quite a game. And it's certainly, if it's not something you've played before, if that's possible, for God's sakes, put it on your radar because it is it is outstanding, outstanding game.
0: All right, Aaron. It's time to move on to what's going on in our Amigos retro gaming community. Let's start things off with the old YouTube channel, huh?
2: Bam. All right. So an interesting week, uh, Boaster. Uh, let's start off here uh, with uh, a little thing I like to call ARG presents the boat. Holy okay. smokes. Uh, this week, my brother and I, that's the Brent for you not to know. We had a look at, this was chosen by the chat last week. Female, chat choice, pr- female protagonist boat. It's another thing I hadn't, I'm surprised we never did mm-hmm. up to this point. And you've heard me mention it a few times. Uh, I looked at mirror's edge, uh, the 2000, I think it was eight or 2006 release on the uh, Xbox 360 and Windows. A little late in the in the day for stuff that we normally cover, but that's what we looked at. And my brother picked Perfect Dark uh, on the uh, N64. Have you ever have you played either one of these games much, Boaster? Nope,
0: never played Perfect Dark or Mirror's Edge.
2: It's I will say after playing a lot of Mirror's Edge this week. Uh, which is a, a game where you basically—it's like a parkour game. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've at least seen footage. Yeah, of it. yeah, I know about it. Uh, playing Joanna Dark, it was like jumping into a cold pool after being at a, like a hot say It was shocking <laughs> the system, boat, because uh, you basically are running on your running for your life and jumping and just doing non-violent stuff in Mirror's Edge, and then you jump into uh, Perfect Dark and you're killing suckers like you would believe. I mean, and the, the funny thing about. Perfect dark that struck me is like when you start the level, like you're killing people that are sitting at their desks, they're getting off elevators, they're just walking around, they're doing nothing. You're just, mm-hmm. just mowing suckers down. It's super violent, Boat, even by my standards of violence.
0: Yeah, Every I never had them, the uh, I never had the expansion pack for the N64, so I could never play this one. I had to dig mine up, I believe it or not, I own this cartridge somehow, mm-hmm. but I don't, it's not, I don't have it here. But anyway, that's
2: what we looked at this week. I thought it was a it was an interesting look at at the ladies uh, running the show and games, and two certainly two different girls, but also two that have some stuff in common. We had a lot of fun. We talked about how ladies sort of developed in gaming because it wasn't necessarily the be- we didn't we didn't, we didn't wasn't the best road for the lady protagonist boat along the way. So, but the, I, I think they hopefully have got it licked. But we had a good time with the boat. Okay. Boat, we did a little little show. We like to call the 1200 XL show this week. Yeah, and this one was on one of your perennial favorites, Boat Rally Speedway. Talk about this.
0: This is one of these games that every time I fire up the Atari 8-bit, I always have a couple laps with. Uh, this is a top-down uh, racer. You, know, you think about Micro Machines perspective, but uh, if you take out the sort of racing aspects of Micro Machines and the fact that you are a small thing racing around a big world, uh, it's, it's, it's it's quite similar. This is Rally Speedway, John Anderson's Rally Speedway, and it's a whole lot of fun, Aaron. It's a whole lot of fun. This is a game that has a track editor, uh, and it's a lot like I guess it's based off the Intellivision game Auto Racing. It just moves at a much faster clip, but you're running yeah. around this sort of bucolic uh environment this sort of suburban environment with houses and lakes and things and uh, but of course the most fun comes when you crash and you see your little man roll out of the car on fire and then shake his fist in defiance at his burning wreck of a vehicle
2: (laughs) it's fun to play two player two boat yeah yeah good so check that out
0: if you're into the atari 8 bit
2: absolutely it's uh, it's worth seeing just the wrecks in my opinion well i forgot about this one (laughs) i had to set the automatic but let's talk about this one this a couple weeks ago boat I said, you know what? There has not been enough TI in my life. The TI-994A boat, you may have heard of it, from down in Texas. Down and, in Texas. Uh, by God, we fired it up, Boatster. And I had the people in the chat lead me. I believe you even stopped in for a couple for a little bit of uh, action that night. And uh, we played some good stuff on this thing. Let me tell you something. I sort of was misinformed. This reminds me of the Vic stream I did. I
0: was sort of, I feel bad. I've been kind of downplaying a couple of these systems, and they deserve a little more love. It's funny. I always thought the TI was at the same technology level as the Coco. And don't get me wrong. I love me some Coco. But this thing blows the Coco out of the water in terms of what it can do. I was floored when you were playing these games, Aaron. I was floored.
2: Yeah. There was some real good stuff in here, uh, Boat, including a a top shelf version of Donkey Kong and a tippity top version of Demon Attack Boat.
0: Yeah, uh, we were very impressive. that demon attack, demon attack is something else, man.
2: Yeah, I was real impressed. We played a little bit of everything on this thing, boat. I mean, all kinds of crap i never heard of. We played some stuff you would have heard of, Popeye, your Cuberts, uh, anything you could think of. If you want to think if you want to hang out and just watch some Ti. Maybe you haven't experienced much Texas Instruments Ti nine nine four A, and you're kind of interested to dip your toe in the pool. If you haven't checked out anything Frodo's done, I guess you check this out. We had a lot of fun and uh also one thing i liked about it is everything worked pretty much without a whole lot of hassle so it's always a good thing on the on the old stream boat um so boat i'm gonna let you speak on this this is wings uh tell the people what you're up to boat
0: so a couple of years ago you were like man you know those old shows that we did way way back in the dark ages what what we should do is we should go back. We should cut out all of the news that's no longer news anymore, and just get right to the review and put that up on YouTube because that's really what's going to stand the test of time with these shows. And at the time, I was like, Aaron, you're out of your mind. Well, guess what, Aaron? You're not out of your mind. You were you had a winner on your hands, and I finally came through with your suggestion. I don't know what's taking me so long. Well, but I don't, uh, this thing, I, I put wouldn't this give you that today. much credit. <laughs> you i put this thing like out a couple that. days ago yeah and man it's taken off people love hearing about us talking about games aaron it's weird yeah. uh and uh this is wings i'm gonna remaster uh, probably you know one of these every couple weeks uh yeah. it, it, and uh and and put it out there this uh, this episode originally aired on january 28th 2016 uh almost uh five years ago aaron so a long time ago and uh and basically you know this is at the very early stages of the show where we didn't have video it was audio only so uh, I've I've got some gameplay footage up there to look at, and some uh, that that animated gif of us talking. So if you're interested in the way we talked about games from way back then, because it is much different, we're much more subdued and laid back. It sounds like we're heavily medicated. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, it's it was a different a different feel to the Amigos back then, and uh, we we talk about Wings, which of course is one of the all time Amiga classics.
2: You know, I want you sort of revisionist history this, and I'm gonna I just want to correct you a little bit. I did mention this years ago, and you were like, "Oh, no, I wouldn't do it. And then this time around, you're like, you did this. I didn't know you were doing it. And you're like, what do you think of that? I'm like, I don't know, boat. I don't know. You put a lot of work into that boat. I don't think that's pointless. Uh, a pointless move. So we actually flip-flopped. And so <laughs> we could both say we were both right we were both wrong. So I'm, I'm on board. Hey, if uh, people want to go back. Now, the one thing that I did notice, that, as far as I could tell, is you took out my maudlin speech about the trials and tribulations of war, both. Which that's the one thing I remember about this episode. I go in that long anti-war diatribe. I don't know what I was. I don't know what was on my mind that day uh, when we did that episode. But that's the one thing I remember. That's
0: interesting. I I did not mean to do that. Uh, I I was scrubbing forward into the episode until we started until what I thought was the beginning. So man, I apologize. Well, I may have Uh, done it. I may have delivered it
2: after the news or something. But I I I definitely remember doing it because I remember I remember like. Days later, thinking to myself, why did I do that on this fun, happy video game show? I don't know what I was thinking. So there you well, go. Well, if
0: you want to co- listen to the complete episode, of course, it still exists in podcast form. Uh, just go to anchor.fm slash amigos podcast, and you can listen to every single episode since episode one in its entirety.
2: Very good. also like the old animations there where you still have all the hair. That's a, Yeah. <laughs> that's,
0: <laughs> it's a glorious time when I had hair.
2: Well, good stuff, boat. You're a hardworking man, my friend. Oh, um, thank you. Let's talk about another hardworking man. In fact, I'm going to give this guy double props here in a minute. This is our good friend, the Flack, the Jack Flack uh, boat, and this is uh, his most recent entry here, where he. G- I only caught the second half of this particular show, where he plays you was here, or I, what's the British way of say it? Like you came straight from the streets of Sussex, boat. You was here. There you go, and then I can pronounce the other one, Galaga. Now, he played some <laughs> Galaga, Galaga, which I did catch that. Oh no, it's not. Well, it could be the one. <laughs> it's funny. I was just listening to uh, Retro Bygones podcast this week, and he pronounces Galaga well, I've never heard it pronounced, Galaga.
0: Oh my god! So there you That's go. There's
2: everyone's got their own interpretation. He's a big fan of Galaga, and I'll take Galaga or uh, or or uh, how do you pronounce it? Galaga. Yeah, there you go. Either way. Anyway, it goes. And also, I should also mention that this, the, this, uh, it was here. Uh, Flack actually listed in the credits of this game and was uh, giving away free copies of the game. You know, Both.
0: I will always remember this stream. You know why, Aaron? Because Flack normally starts streaming at eight o'clock sharp, our time, 7 p.m. Yeah. Central Time. And in this particular occasion, he was a little bit late getting started. I think he probably started at 8.20. And so I was waiting. I was hanging out on Twitch with Pix. I was watching one of Pix's favorite streamers. And I was chatting away on that. 8 o'clock runs around. Flack's not there. And I was like, man, he's probably out. He's probably got some band function with his daughter or something like that. So I started watching this god-awful documentary on the making of Paranoid by Black Sabbath. And I was yeah. captivated by this thing. Ozzy just stumbling around and stuff. Yeah. And then after after I was getting ready to head to bed, I noticed that Flack had streamed and I was not there. So
2: Don't worry, I repped this, Boat. <sighs> I yeah. repped this on that uh, the end of that stream. And I enjoyed it. Flack's always an uh, entertaining cat. Plus, I, I won a free game. So, ha,
0: you you Congratulations, won, man. That's won. awesome.
2: I'm a winner, Boat. Yeah, you uh, are. And so, what do you think of this Galaga for the C64, Boat?
0: We talked about this on this week in retro. Yeah, it looks good. Aaron. This is a it? fantastic looking port.
2: Yeah, it looks real nice. So yeah, check out the Flaxter. Always a good time. By the way, I just finished up uh, listening to the last Sprite Castle, and it was a very good one. And I would say I don't know what he's got coming out this week. I think it may be uh, uh, another Sprite Castle. I'm not one hundred percent sure what the oh, on the agenda, but it's always he's always got something weekly. He never misses boat. He's like old faithful. He's not in yeah. the a few years ago. I couldn't say that about Flack, but now he's like, he's like, uh, he always gets it done. Speaking now, this right here, let's tip our hat to our good buddy Frodo, Now, because I wouldn't wish this stream of my worst enemy
1: <laughs>
2: the first years of the Mattel Aquarius. Coincidentally, <laughs> the last years, I might add, <laughs> me and the Brent tackled the old Aquarius uh, uh, just the other day. <clears throat> uh, that's not true, we tackled it just the other year. And uh, it was not good. I always thought the Aquarius was sort of like a souped up in television. Wrong. It's a souped down in television. Way down. (laughs) Uh, And so here's Frodo gutting his way through the first three, two and a half hours of Aquarius. Wow. Man, someone get Patreon this guy up and let him buy some brain medicine because this would <laughs> suck the life right out of you. You know, I've got a, a follow through on this boat. So guess I'm um, sir. I'm looking around on the old Facebook marketplace. The other they guess what a guy in uh, Jackson, Ohio is selling. He's what? got a Yeah. Get this. He's got a super in television and it was the one that had the keyboard and the equipment. I saw addicted. that on Facebook Marketplace too. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> see, we know. Now and yeah. I thought to myself, where is this Jackson, Ohio? He didn't Why want a lot to... of
0: money for it either. He wanted like no. twenty bucks for it.
2: Listen, I'm not interested in driving halfway to ten uh, to get this thing. If yeah, it was
0: closer, I... I might. You know, so you saw had you did you have a thought about going to get it? I did. I did. Jackson is not super far away, but it's also not super close. I think Jackson's probably a good hour drive from here. Yeah. So. Is it worth it? God no. no. But it no. was the keyboard.
2: Uh, it was it the it cool, was the though. expansion thing. Had you ever mm. seen an television with super, uh, super game cuts over written on it like that? No. That was the- <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what got my attention. Yeah. So if you live anywhere near Jackson, Ohio, <laughs> the last thing you want to do is get in a fight in Jackson, Ohio, on a Saturday night the song doesn't say but if you're anywhere near there you go pick that up let's know how it turned out boat but yeah. we won't be going boat what did you and your good pal the Neilster get up to
0: this week? you know we released a uh this week in retro uh last week and uh we got up to we talked about all kinds of stuff um let's see this would have been what episode 53 of this That's week right, in boat. retro yeah yeah so we talked about, you know, the, the the big news, of course, was Street Fighter II on the NES. Yeah, this is uh, this is I don't know what to make of this thing because the, you know people the, the people were going crazy over it, but now it turns out that it doesn't work on hardly anything, and still doesn't work on real hardware, and it has all kinds of bugs in it. So just like so many things, lots of promise, lots of hype, and uh, maybe not ready to deliver yet. You so.
2: know, I I listen to this show, and I and you guys are talking about. Uh, this being based on a Chinese, like or a knockoff bootleg Street Fighter Three, I believe it was. I've I've got that on one of my uh, slightly gray market Nintendo <laughs> NES multi cards. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah. have played because when I looked at the credits, I was like, "Wait a minute, that looks familiar." And mm-hmm. it, and it's it, this is like the souped up version of that. Well, that stinks. So I mean, yeah. they would have to soup it up to the nines to right. make this a fun game. But right. it did amuse me that you guys were speaking about it.
0: Of Course we we talked about, you know, Galaga and uh how great <laughs> the C C6, six the C sixty four conversion is. How and, much uh, you coverage know. does Galaga get in the retro community in a given week? I mean Yeah. It's- <laughs> yeah. Listen, people love Galaga and uh and people love the C sixty four. So there you go. My cash was an interesting a thousand
2: dollars now, but
0: this was an interesting story somebody bought billy mitchell's old uh old website yeah and now that site is devoted to debunking all of billy mitchell's claims
2: yeah come on now why do, can't we play nice give the mitchell's yeah. give the mitchell's some uh some love here but i know everyone hates billy by god uh because he did a couple he made a couple little we've all been there you know a little bit you know <laughs> who among uh, us hasn't yeah. faked
0: the main high score every Listen, once in a while
2: I couldn't fake a score because if I had submitted one to, like, the high score challenge, they'd know it was fake if it was anywhere near the top. And they'd be like, what the hell is this? Get that out. So, yeah, but I heard about that. But I, we'll see what happens. I don't I don't know. Buying a
0: site just to screw with a guy, yeah, I don't know. That is that is pretty trollish. And I think, you uh, and know what finally really gets talk me? About- there's a, a guy there's a guy in the netherlands aaron and yeah. it's not frodo and l El- turns out there's multiple guys in the netherlands i always oh. thought frodo was like the only guy living over there it was him and a bunch of ladies but it turns out that's not the case there's another guy and he runs a camping store aaron and not just any camping store it's not really a camping store at all it's like a campground <laughs> and the campground is run on an atari st he's got this he's got this program that he developed sometime in the mid 80s that allows him to see what uh are occupied and what aren't and this is no text-based thing this is a this is a graphical representation of his campground he's clicking on stuff and get this Aaron he turns this thing on in April and turns it off in November he does not turn off the machine throughout that entire period and he said he bought this thing when the machine came out in like 85 and it's never given him any problems what do you think about that
2: it's well. This also reminds me of that the school that had the Amiga run on the heating and cooling for like all right. these years. Remember that? Listen, they're durable, brother. That's what I think. The ST. Keep in mind, and these things weren't these uh, these things were built ch- to to low prices so they could sell a bunch of these early STs. So you would wonder what was in them. Well, it turns out they put some good stuff in. Them. Hey, we've both got Ataris. They still work great. You know, they're all my Ataris work. I've never had a single problem with any of my Ataris over the years so i'm not surprised to be honest with you and i think it's neat that a guy guy's oh, sure why should you change i can't figure it out yeah i think he made a good move both
0: yeah yeah so if you are at all interested in hearing uh what me and uh neil from rmc have to say about this week's hottest retro stories uh check out our youtube channel over at this week in retro
2: i also want to say that i was pleased that when now i don't agree with this entirely but when I like the fact that Neil referred to Billy Mitchell as a heel. Uh, that la- I, yeah. laughed, I-, I laughed. I laughed.
0: Yeah. It. It, when I heard that, it turns out Aaron, that your carny wrestling lingo is spreading far and wide throughout the retro community. Uh,
2: that's the way I like it. And by the way, I will say he do- he does a ton of charity stuff. So it's not like he's Darth Vader. I will say right. that. Right. You know, one last thing, but I want to go talk about, I'm, you know, by God, I'm going to put it over because I've worked hard this week. You better. We ran a sh- We ran a show last Friday boat by God. They said, don't do it. They said, what are you doing? You can't pull that off. Well, they were sort of right, but we did it anyway. It's a little thing we like to call conversations from the dark side, Boat. Oh, yeah. Now, Boat, this is a, uh, a an overnight show where we talk about the strange, the bizarre, the supernatural, the macabre, if you will. And in the debut episode last week, these are done live, by the way. Live, uh, we did a What's the Strangest Thing You've Ever Seen, Boat. We mm-hmm. take calls on Discord. Uh, And and it was an interesting show. We went about an hour and a half, I believe, uh, Boat, on Mm -hmm. that one. And we're coming back. This is an all-October in celebration of Halloween. We're coming back. I'll be running this one tonight. Boat's going to be on assignment tonight. Tonight's topic, dreams and nightmares, Boat, as voted on by the Discord and Twitch communities. And so we will see how it goes. I have added several methods of communication this week. I'll take text messages. I'll take voice messages. I'll take care of your pigeon if you can get hold of me. I'll take anything that'll fill two hours, brother. You know what I yeah. mean? So if you're interested in checking us out, we'll be on at 8.30 Eastern State of Time uh, on Twitch. It'll be Conversations to the Dark Side. I'll be flying solo, so I'll need all the help I can get boats.
0: Dude. Yeah, and, and, and just a reminder, you can call in. Just go to bit, bit.ly, bit.ly slash conversations dash from dash dub dash dark dash side. wish I could have redone that. Yeah, that. Was- I, I, I've done every other permutation and everything else is taken on Bitly. So <laughs> deal you with go. it. Uh, you but you can join that Discord server and call in and tell us about your dreams. Tell us about your nightmares. Um, we want to hear from you. Yeah, I I would love to
2: hear from uh I would like to hear some some people outside of West Virginia too this week because we had yeah. a lot of local callers. We want them yeah, all. We, we, we'll we, were, them we all. were
0: coast to coast in the way that uh, Martinsburg to Sarita Canova is coast to coast from
2: <laughs> the last boat. <laughs> well said, Boat. So there you go, boat. That's all we got in that department. <laughs> You're killing me here.
0: What's next, boat? <sighs> Man, I don't even know. No, we're going to talk about the high score challenges, Aaron. We got high score challenges coming out the wazoo on the old Discord channel. First off, we have the Amigos high score challenge, which is uh, rough, uh, rough and tumble. You can get in on that uh, that uh, sort of metal slug esque shooter released for the Amiga. On the specky high score challenge side of things, we've got Mikey. It's still going down, Mikey. Aaron, uh, we will be covering Mikey here at the end of the month on our simple oh, so you can take a trip down memory lane and post a high score. This is open to every member of our Discord community. Who's got that game in their memory? I mean, honestly. Someone grew up and they're like, oh look, they're covering
2: Mikey. That's one of my childhood favorites. Right. I will man. be I want to shake your hand,
0: pal. <laughs> so that's what we got going on in the old Discord side of things, Aaron. And that's going to wrap up our community updates. But it's not time to wrap up the show yet because it's time to announce the winners of last week's Patreon Song Challenge. Now, last week I had visions of Jason Warnes and Scumboy and Retro Rewind and L. Curtis Boyle dancing around in my head as I performed Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, man. We uh, had a lot of winners this week, Aaron. People dig the Gord is what he's known as. <laughs> um, is it Buck really? Owens? No. <laughs> TSI nope. Matt, Wing Chun Wolf, L. Curtis Boyle, Paul Kitching, <laughs> Alien Breeder, Joski Rock, Mitsuyama, Andy Craig, TMX Online, and Jigglebox all got the correct answer. Now, Aaron, we got something special this week. Normally, I don't give away the Patreon song, but this week, I'm going to give you a little hint. We involved everybody, both bands this week. Uh, the uh, uh June Bugs and the other Patreon band. We got everybody together. There's nine part vocal harmonies. We're gonna do one of Queen's biggest hits, uh, starring me playing the piano and everybody else just kind of singing back up. There's lots of guitar solos. Uh be prepared for it. This is gonna knock your socks off. A good cinematic event. This was good. Hit it, Aaron.
1: Prize. Herman D. Wanderley, Cheser, Mark Richardson, David Hurt, Gis Edwards, Ram K., Ram K., David Terrace, Drew Carlos, Matthew Mobius, the Phantom Magnus, Seth Gates, Alistair Fiend, Chris Russell, Dave Zee. Chris Rosensky, Dave Niga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Superfan, McKean, Crazy Loomis, William Vincent, Scar, Heavy Systems, Inc. Bundy, Fragmore, Mark Byland, Olavo, Hermski, Jonah, aka Simulant, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Calvert, Lane Denson, Daniel Williams, the put on bombed the base, Frodo over now. Soul, Insider, major Jugger, Mr. Cola, Bernard, Drew Lucas, Jared, Eddington, So Leper, Infection, Simon Ledge, Catherine, Crispy, Pillabox, of Caffeine, Gary had the free lunch. Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Bob Stuart, made a 10 minute Amiga retro cast. Bernard Quinn, Armsey, Tim Drew, Joseph, Harrison, Kyle Eder, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Ellen Moore, Andy Craig, Sean Bart, Mark B. Bolenberg, Sandra Bonschow, Zombie, Leif Kellogg, Alan,
0: Kevon, Chico, T.
1: Evermore, John Marshall, Matthew Perrone Ricky Durocher, creepy dead boy, Big C T C, Ben Norris, Stefan Swogard, Morrison, Edvin Helen, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foltz, Lauren Giroux, Graham Debke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Ritual, and Vintage Gary Hubka, Paul Wassman. Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crypt, Josh N. Adam Bradley, Jonas Rural T-A-H-T-E, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Wolf of Ben Bateman, Reuben Barracuda, Darren cor Jason Wong, Chris littleton Oh,
0: That's horrible. Thank you. That was horrible. What was that dance you were doing? Listen, I've got all kinds of moves. You
2: don't even know. Yeah, it looked like moves you would do in the park. If you're some kind of masher,
0: (laughs) burn that raincoat immediately. You know um, that uh, I got to take hats off to Lobsterminator because he programmed that whole thing in him. You know, in himself, and uh, hey, I mean, he is he's the man when it comes to tracking. Uh, And so, uh, (laughs) thanks, thanks to him, and uh, thanks to thanks to Graham. I think Graham was the guy that I actually had the idea. To do, to do that particular Graham, song. you so, talking about Graham W. Vebke? Graham W. Vebke, right? Graham!
2: Why? <laughs> Holy smokes, so, boat
0: If you know the answer to this week's Patreon Song Challenge, please send me an email, john at amigospodcast.com. I would In hope, the hope they know it. It was, was the it was written on the screen. It was written on the screen. Listen, not everybody reads the screen. <laughs> not everybody pays attention to the show when they watch it. Sometimes they just leave we it don't. on. We <laughs> don't. <laughs> so, and so here we go, everybody. It's time to announce. Speaking of people that are watching and reading the screen right now, we got all the fine people watching us live on Twitch. Thank you guys so much for subscribing. uh Dan, Daha Crabs MTG, giving out gift subs left and right. We love Daha Crabs. Thanks Can't crab. wait to play some Gloomhaven with them coming up soon when that's released. It's amazing. Lumen 808, murder. back to 8 bit with Hermsky, Frodo and L. Scumboy, Texas Foosballer, Blue Jellyfish, Jigglebox, Am I Steph, Pie Gravity, Great Algae, Super Famic King, Eeyore 4077, Wing Chun Wolf, Oil of Hope, Mind Racks, Brock 101, Thorso Bard, Air Jury, Pixel Smack, Bite Links, Negsol, Jedi Mon, Ben 666, McChessers. Yeah. Retro Jerry, Butterbird, Robin Wendell, Edvin Helland from the Man Cave, Jay Botchers, Real Retro Dude, Macintosh Librarian, OROM, Mr. Toast 6502, Math Dufort, Mitsuyama, Still Adolescing, Lobsterminator, L. Curtis Boyle, All Hail, Picard 2010, John Marshall 3, HSEI Ken, Arctic Cube, Happy Coding ZX, Buck Owens, Zoinsuck1, Bliflop, Gary Heather, super tech boy pixels at dawn gaming da crabs mtg moo mon's long shanks seven thank you guys so much for subscribing to us on twitch particularly zoid suck (laughs) well yeah i'm I'm glad he finally joined up i yeah i heard he was on the fence for a while (laughs) so we're putting you over suck (laughs) <laughs> Aaron, next week on Amigos, yep. you're going to be in. You're going to be in for a treat. This is another Level Lord pick. You know, Level Lord don't play no casual games. Level Lords all in it to win it. Oh, on god! The, on the deep, the complex, and the mind bending. Aaron, okay. we're going to be playing a space trading simulator called Millennium Two Point Two. Aaron, Millennium Two Point Two. We're going to be doing okay, that next man. week on Amigos. I've never heard of this one, boat. So, oh man! All right, man. We'll do it. We'll try it. <laughs> All right. And until then, guys, thank you as always for listening. We will see you next week. Until then, Adios.
2: adios. Bam. what you think of that one, Bode?
0: That one was I thought I thought we did pretty well. We, we didn't did do too well.
2: good on that.